You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Good morning. Paul Pasolakis, Salvatore Cusmano, Brad Weisgerber, Thanksgiving, Barry Habib. I'm jacked. You're Paul. No, you're right. I'm I'm Paul. Uh, What's up, everyone? Uh, First and foremost, let's get it out of the way. If you please go to our website, irepodcast.com, go to Stitcher, iTunes, all that stuff, subscribe, share. Um, Today we have a really special guest. He'll be calling in in a little bit. Uh, It's going to be... Uh, Mr. Barry Habib, I think I'm getting a call from him right now. Hold on a second. Paul speaking. This is interesting. Good. How are you? Nah, the two four eight five seven nine five two nine five. No, we're just gonna have a bunch of people. He's calling trying in. to call in, and it's not working, Jessica. Ask him to call back. Can you try one more time for us? Because we're actually live right now. Try one more time for us. Uh, we'll, we'll hold on. Yeah. The beauty of podcasts, right? This is how it works. So Barry Habib is trying to get online with us. Jessica, if you can make sure Zillow. I mean, not Zillow. Uh, Skype. Skype is up and running. It is. Okay. Maybe we can we call to them if we need to? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see if that works. So today we're going to be talking to Barry. Barry is just so everybody knows he's he's like the oracle of the market. He knows so much about it. I'm super excited to have him on. We'll we'll have him on here shortly once we figure out the technical stuff, which does happen. Um, and you know, Sal. I mean, he knows his stuff, Sal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's good to have that feedback on our show. It's kind of crazy, actually, that. We're able to have someone so uh, Barry should not be doing our show. <laughs> like, like, Whoa, let's, let's like, calm down four that. people are going to listen. He might to this. not. He might hang up. I'm trying to call in on Barry's phone, and all it's doing is ringing. Okay, we're going to call you. Okay, should we call this number? Or will you text me the number to call, and then we'll call it. We'll call out to you guys. Um, I can just put you on hold and have Barry pick you up. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But what's the number for for? Okay. No, no. I, we've got a call out from a different number, not this one. Oh, hold on. Wait, we can connect. Hold on a second. Whoa. Hold on a second. This is crazy. Stay on the line. Can we, we're just, just transfer this over to Barry. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You just plug that right on in there. Well, that's interesting. Can you hear us, Nicole? Nicole? Watch out. <laughs> this is hilarious. Ooh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean this is the I mean it's Thanksgiving everyone. This is how it works. So we're doing our we're doing our best to get Barry on the line. I don't know exactly what happened. We lost him. Uh you guys you guys talk amongst yourselves while I figure this so out. So this Thanksgiving I'm thankful for um tech experts and then I'm not one of them, which is great. <laughs> Cause this shit's confusing. You guys talk. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of awkward. Yeah. So Sal. Hello. Oh, there we go. Hey. We got All, a- right. All right. Hey. We're on. Barry, you sound funny. <laughs> All right. There we go. This is this is the beauty of of podcasting. This is how it works. Uh, can we, uh, Nicole? Is Barry going to be on the line? Oh, sure. Hold on one second. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so we're gonna get Barry on the line. Everyone, sorry guys for the for the confusion. It seems like this is this is our luck. Every time we have like a like a like someone important on the show, shit gets fucked up. Not this. Hi. Okay, we're good now. We are good now. Let's let's get rocking. <laughs> right, let me rolling. have Barry pick you up. Thank Hold you. Hold on one second. Okay. All right. Not to say that our other guests aren't important. No, no. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like the, I mean, like we're national guests. I mean, we've yeah. got Barry Habib on the show, and we just it's embarrassing that we don't know how to how to get people. on the We're guests. human. We, we are. Barry. How are you? Good, sir. We had some technical difficulties. Our apologies. That's all right. It's okay. No, no worries. So we are uh, on Facebook Live right now. We're recording the podcast, obviously. Barry, you are, uh, we, I call you the Oracle. Uh, you know your stuff. I, I, I mean, I've been following you for years. You've been around and you, you just have a knack of understanding the market in a really high level way. 
Um, you've obviously been on Squawk Box. You, you are the CEO of MBS Highway. Um, if, could you give the audience a little bit of a background of how you got into the, you know, into the marketing world? Like, how did you start off at the very beginning of your career? Well, sure. Thank you, and thanks for having me on. Uh, we um, we all have interesting stories of how we got into the mortgage industry, right? So, a little bit about, about my background. I actually grew up really, really poor um, in New York City, in Brooklyn, New York, and um, was uh, was you know went to college um, and had a little bit too much energy, I think, uh, to work in an office. So I actually started selling stereo equipment out of the trunk of my car and um, awesome. went to different areas. It turned it into a good business. I actually started to make some money and start to, believe it or not, buy some real estate properties. So I kind of got into real estate that way. And then one night sat down with a guy who was doing my mortgage and uh, asked about how people do in the mortgage industry. So I, I kind of got into the mortgage in a very interesting way, right? And, you know, just a kind of a funny story is that... Um, when I was buying and selling different properties, I'd rented some out. So I had some experience there. I'd fixed them up, had some experience there. And I also flipped some. And on a home that I sold, um, I was a young kid. And I sold this home to this really wonderful family. The guy's name was Milt Knockbar, great guy. So I sold him the home. And then I, was, I just got in the mortgage business. And I said, hey, Milt, would you mind? I don't have the experience, but would you mind being my first mortgage client? And he uh, he was so sweet, and he liked me. I was a nice kid, and he, he obliged. And so I did, sold him his home, did his mortgage, and then true story, I sold him the stereo for his home too. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was just kind of a fun fun uh, fun fact of how I got started. But you know, uh, I learned at a very early age from selling stereo equipment that when when problems would arise, it wasn't the problem because electronics go wrong. It's how do you handle that and you know, there's this kid who sold you a stereo out of his car, and when they when something went wrong, they figured they were just out of luck. But when they called me and I actually answered, I actually went back and made a swap for him. They felt so obligated; they had to tell everyone about me and even buy more stuff themselves, even if they didn't need it. So, you know, not that I'd want stuff to go wrong, but I really realized at a young age that, well, you know what? If you just uh, if you just take problems and don't be afraid of either delivering bad news and don't be afraid of addressing them in the right way. That those problems really become blessings over time, you know, and and, and it's uh, it was a lesson that I'm very thankful for. Uh, as uh, as time went on, you know, I started doing some writing and got into the mortgage business and really did well in the mortgage industry. So uh, I did over two billion in personal production and uh, started to do some writing and and uh, it got picked up and actually Bob Pisani from CNBC, who's still there at the time, uh, he asked me to come on uh, CNBC. It was uh, show called Money Talk. And I did real, real well and helped people. And actually, people wrote in and saying that they want to be back. And eventually, CNBC gave me my own show for 13 years on Squawk Box, which is called the Monthly Mortgage Report. So that was a really great experience and, and did other stuff uh, that, that I leveraged from that. Um, started speaking about 25 years ago professionally, and I continued to do that. Um, after uh, after realizing in the mortgage industry that you know I wanted just something a little bit more, I got excited about sharing the way I did business and put a product out there called the mortgage market guide, which is still ubiquitous. And I mean, which was ubiquitous in the mortgage industry back then, but it's still around after I sold the, the company. Uh, but now I've, uh, I've started MBS highway about five years ago, and that has just been incredible. It is an incredible product with uh, an unbelievable following that I'm so appreciative and grateful for. We're really helping people understand the market, help their clients make better decisions uh, help real estate agents uh, market their homes, uh, show their homes better. So there's a lot that we do. And, of course, we, we help you understand where the market's going and where to lock. So that's, that's, that's kind of where it is. Now, along the way, did some kind of fun stuff that you might know, you know, done some some acting. and uh, actually, Rock of Ages, uh, right? You, you, Rock of Ages yeah. was a really big one for me. Yeah. That that, uh, that gone, got, went worldwide. And uh, I was the lead producer and managing partner for that one. Um it was just a real, just a real blessing to be a part of that for six years. And you know what? We're we're actually currently working to bring it back off Broadway. Now that we did a big Broadway run, but maybe we'll just do a smaller production off Broadway uh, in 2019. So uh, hope to see you guys there. There it is. You heard it here first. It's coming back. So um, yeah. So um, what I'm hearing, Barry, is that you just hustled, man. I mean, you just found a way to 
to make things work, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. There's three things that I, I want to like get into today because obviously I know that you, you know you're a busy guy, so I want to make sure we get through this stuff. First thing, obviously, is the economy. I mean, you you understand that uh, very well, and you've got some really good insights. So I want to get into some questions on that. Um, I do want to talk about the loan officer survival and, and, and real estate survival in this new market that's happening right now, and I think you've got some really good insight on that. And then we're going to ask you three questions. They're going to be you know quick questions that I think will be interesting for you to answer for the audience. So let's, uh, let's take the first two and let's kind of team them up if that's okay. Yeah, we're ready can, for that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think they're because I think they flow into each other quite a bit. Totally. Um, so uh, listen, the the. I've never been more concerned about the loan originator uh, in my 33 years of doing this than I am today, yeah. and that's because the market is certainly slowing. Refinances are down 40%. Purchases are off 5% on a year-over-year basis, uh, but you also have bigger hands in the pie, and there are going to be bigger hands in the pie on top of that. You know, you've got all the fintech companies now, because of the way technology is, is moving so quickly, are able to get into the business because the average comp for an LO, according to the statistics, is 114 basis points. It's a big target. Um, you have the industry is also going to see companies like Zillow coming in and making a heavy, um, a heavy bid to compete on a grander scale. Uh, they're already doing real estate. They're already doing with iBuyer. They're 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 in different markets. This is going to be a player. Amazon's already given the blueprint of how they're going to get into this business. It's so happening. Yeah. Uh, what you what you need to do is you need to you need to really be an advisor, and that does not mean adding it to your name tag. Okay, that's BS. You, you, you really need to make the transition. Look, the days of of, trans, of transactions rolling up to you uh, are over. Okay, you got to really, and people are discovering that now. You, you have to convert those opportunities at a high level. Uh, conversion is everything because in the past, you know, you may have been the only person that talked to that customer in. Today, in the future, they'll have already spoken to because everybody's going after Consumer Capture Direct and they'll have already visited Zillow. They'll have already spoken to other companies. So what you have to do is in those first 10 minutes where the decision is really made by customers, we all make the decision in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. So what are the words you choose? When you go out to buy something, you know if you're going to buy it or not. You just got to figure out how you're going to justify it to yourself. (laughs) Those pair of shoes is really nice. You know, so that I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Well, you know, maybe, well, you know what, those shoes that I have, they they don't go with some stuff, but they're getting old. You know, I'm going to wind up buying it. I might as well buy it right now. Yeah. Okay. So this is the way our brain works. So what we have to do is get that customer rooting for us very quickly because they'll justify the decision to go forward with us, even if your rate's higher, reasonably higher. Um, and if they don't like you, they'll pick you apart. In their brain, they will find reasons not to do business with you if they don't like you. How do you get them to like you? They're going to see through the BS and all the crap. So you better give them things of value and you better give them knowledge and education because information's everywhere, but wisdom is a valued commodity that people will still pay for today. So you better show that. Now, how do you do that? You got to put in the work. Okay. A professional boxer trains a thousand minutes for every minute in the ring. How many minutes does the average LO train before they get in the ring, meaning pick up the phone? Right. Zero. Right. They wing it. No, it's and like they get happens. the results that they deserve. L- listen, they're going to get the results they deserve. Right. Um, that's the great thing about sales is sales is very, very fair. Mm-hmm. Athletics is not fair. Athletics, you know, if you're stronger, faster, jump higher, younger, whatever it is, you're going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. But sales, you need one thing. One thing, and that's heart. How much heart do you have? How much effort do you have? And this is, you know, speaking to the survival of the LO. And listen, I'm not talking this way because I want to give anybody a hard time. I hope people see that this is just for, out of concern and truly out of love and wanting to see these people who are listening survive and do really, 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 really well in a market that's changing. You know, this market is changing really rapidly. And, and you, you think about it, you know, things, think about three years, four years, five years ago, how outdated things are in just that short period of time. When you got the technology you bought, whatever it was, the phone you bought three or four years ago was like the hottest thing, and now it's can't even look at that. It's junk. Okay? It's absolute it's junk. junk. Yeah. It turn on. So, so you know, and the analogy I like to use is is of of a travel agent. It used to be a travel agent on every corner, and you know, younger people, millennials listening to us, they're going to say, "What the heck is a travel? You mean like Travelocity? Yeah, yeah." Right. There right. used to be real people that did this stuff. Okay, yeah. they were it pretty much rendered obsolete and extinct because of technology. Can't let Mm -hmm. that be you. 
So when we look at the way that the world is changing and what you have to do as an advisor, you have to gain that knowledge. The second thing that you do is be the bearer of bad news. Just like I told you the stereo story, Mm -hmm. you know what? People respond well when you are able to make the transaction not about selling them, but about helping them. And this is why the education component comes in. There's two questions you got to ask on every transaction. The first question is, what are your thoughts? And then just please stop talking there. Don't give them what their thoughts should be. Let them speak. Let them process. Listen. And when they do that, you're going to get gold. The other aspect is, what are your concerns? And this is where you bring up the negative stuff. Let, if they don't have any concerns, give them what their concerns should be. Treat that customer like they were your kid, like they were your parent, like they were somebody you love who is going to get that mortgage or real estate transaction from somebody that you don't know and you're saying, here's the things you need to ask or here's the things you need to be careful of. Point those out to them and treat them that way and you will begin to win them over very, very quickly. So be the bearer of bad news. Tell them all the bad stuff. Don't try and sell them and make sure you are trained and armed with the proper amount of education and knowledge that comes across quickly. I mean, you know, people say we're in the mortgage business, but you know, you really, you really want your product to be a mortgage. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, burial plots and mortgages are like neck and neck in the desirable <laughs> factor. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know which one's least less desirable, but they're close. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're in a, we're in a service business. <clears throat> so, so what people want is people want a home. That's yeah. what they want. Yeah. And the vehicle in order to purchase that home is money. So you better know real estate and you better know money. So you better know how money works. You better know how it could be placed. You better know how to consolidate debt. You better know what tax implications could be because the 99.9% of individuals are giving bad information on tax. They think that a mortgage is mm-hmm. so great and it's tax deductible. You know, in the vast majority of homes, there is zero tax benefit on purchasing a home. People are clueless. You could destroy your competitor with this kind of knowledge. Right. The other thing is that when you have a situation where your um, where, where your customer is uh, is not aware of all of the opportunities in real estate, understand the business that you're in is real estate, and being able to articulate that for your customer will let you crush the competition and be the be the go-to person for every real estate agent because after all, you're helping them. Yeah. If you become an asset to the realtor, it's game over. Okay, it's game over. They don't care what the rate is. They care who's going to help me sell that home, who's going to help me list that home. And you can do that simply by understanding the real estate market. I mean, do you have the data? Do you have all this? This is what you need. So uh, what we see in 2019 is I think rates are going to go up. I think rates are going to go up to about five and a half. That's kind of the top level. And the reasons for that is because you're going to get some creep in inflation. It's going to be a little bit higher. But there's also some technical barriers and factors. So mortgages are based on mortgage bonds, but I'll give you something that everybody can watch. It's easy. Watch the 10-year treasury. If the 10-year treasury breaks across 3.25%, watch out. Because what that means is that in a matter of weeks, it will get to about 3.625 or 3.75. And what that will do is it'll put mortgage rates towards 5.5%, which means that rates will have gone up in a matter of weeks by about a half of a percent on mortgages. We're going to bleed so out you don't have to. Point. So, so, but you, but, but the strategy. If you, if somebody's listening to this, I want you to be the CEO of your own mortgage business, right? So, what you have to think about is, if that happens, you better do a few things. You better tell your real estate agents to tell people selling homes, don't worry about dropping your price a little bit. Drop your price, sell it, dump it, and because the market's going to get a little bit softer, but also lock in the purchase of your new home that you wanted at the lower rate at a discount. It's far cheaper to do that. Yeah. Also, buyers. Get, if you're buying a home, get off the fence. Don't worry. If you're off by 2000 pony up the extra two or $3,000. It's a lot cheaper than a half a percent higher. It also means that don't be playing games with, oh, I can get a little bit less if I get a 30-day relax. No, <laughs> take the extra protection because you're going to need it. Okay. You see, here's the problem that we have is that mortgage professionals today, they've been if, – look, if you've been in this business less than 10 years, you have not been in the mortgage business. I don't mean that – in, in any way, shape, or form, disrespectfully, it's factual yeah. because the market has been fake because you've had the Fed buying rates down in an artificial environment. That because of the enormous amount of Fed buying, $1.8 trillion that they have purchased, and then on top of that, the last three years of reinvesting $50 billion a month has caused mortgage rates to appear artificially low. And not only that, the Fed safety net means that Anytime bad news would come out to hurt mortgage pricing, 
to push rates higher. The Fed buying has muted that. So you haven't had to worry about, oh, if I miss a rate lock, now I'm going to get killed. You, know, I don't, you haven't had to worry about that. Okay. Everything's been fixed and coddled. So you've really been in the business now, quite honestly, one month. If you've been in this business 10 years, you've been in truly one month where the mortgage market is a real market. All the other time you've been in it, it's been a fake market subsidized by the Fed. So now that the training wheels are off, now it's for real. Now we've got to have real world strategies and you have to change your thinking. Now, those of us who've been in the business longer than 10 years also have to reprogram our brain because 10 years is a long time that you've been in this kind of fake environment. But if we recall what it was like 10, 12, 15 years ago, it was much more volatile. It was much more difficult. We have to have strategies. We really needed to be on it. And listen, this is a good thing. This is a good thing because you know what? The people that have that heart we talked about, that are willing to put in the time, that are willing to work, that are willing to invest in themselves, those are the people who are going to reap huge rewards. Look at stockbrokers. Okay? Stockbrokers, when $9 trading came out, or now Charles Schwab, five bucks for a trade. Five bucks for a trade. Right. And by the way, realtors are coming in the same pressure. Have you seen MLS My Home? It's over. Ninety nine yeah. bucks a listing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so what 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 happens in this type of environment is it really separates. Stockbrokers really got thinned out, thinned out. And I'm telling you, mortgage professionals, please pay close attention because you don't want to get thinned out. The stockbrokers that are still around are making a boatload more money, but now they're not selling. They're advising. They're called asset managers, mm-hmm. asset managers. Right. What a beautiful term. Yeah. Okay. You know what you need to be? You need to be a debt manager. And nice. I want you to think yeah. of yourself as a Sounds debt good. manager. And as a debt manager, you can't just put it on your name that you've got to put the work in. You have to invest in the tools that give you the ability to correctly advise and be a debt manager. You have to. You have to put the time and effort in. And that's the beauty of it is that it's so fair. Those that do will be around and reap the rewards, just like in the stock industry. Those that don't are going to have a harder time. Yeah, but I mean, you said something pointing. I think we are facing extinction on some level, and in that in that face of adversity, you the people that do, or the loan officers, real estate agents, people in the industry that do evolve, I do believe will come out better on the other end. But there's going to be a lot of shedding, don't you think? There's going to be a lot of shedding of the fat of a lot of people Unfortunately, that are. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Say, so go go to a go to a mortgage function, take a picture of the people to your right and to your left, and then yeah. two years from now, look around again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so, uh, but don't let it happen to you. Right. You have full control over this. Okay. I'm giving you what the key code is. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to try and figure it out. Here's the code. <laughs> Invest in yourself. Have the tools that allow you to understand that you are in the real estate business and money is the vehicle that buy it. If you understand that simple concept and you become an expert and truly an advisor in the real estate market in your area and you understand how to manage debt properly and the critical concepts that are required there, you're fine. But Barry, now, listen, you got to work, okay? Yeah. You, you, you got you to you hustle. You got to work. You got to do what it takes. But that's what it's all about. Now, let me tell you about real estate real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to your questions. Yeah, but the real yeah. estate portion of it is, look, real estate softening, real estate slowing. Real estate is also very, very local. So some markets are going to do better than others. But what we have to remember is this. You're hearing a lot of people talk about real estate values coming down. If they're not coming down. Appreciation is slowing. Now, that's not to say some markets, they may not actually, they may actually be coming down. But the data so far has not shown that appreciation levels have stopped across the country. Prices are still appreciated. We're still forecasted to appreciate. But the key, again, is understanding how to articulate that. You can create enormous wealth with 2 or 3% appreciation. And while we might have a slowdown or a pause for a year or for two years in appreciation where it flattens out or even decreases, typical time somebody spends in a home is much greater than that. It's 10 years according to the National Association of Realtors. So you need to look at this long term. And what would 2 or 3 or 4% appreciation per year on average due to my net worth? There's nothing like it. This is the way you have to think. This is the way you have to articulate it. And you never should look at a mortgage, never, ever look at a mortgage as one transaction. Yeah, okay. A- we have credit cycles and life cycles. You should be setting up your next mortgage with the mortgage you have now. Final thought on this whole thing is that we've been calling for first ones out there. You know, first first ones to talk about this. Now everybody's jumping on our bandwagon. Recession in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now you should know that every time the unemployment rate is dipped below four and a half percent, typically three years later, there is a recession, and that happened in October 2017, uh, summer 17 rather. We we have been calling for this since 
the summer of 2017. So about a year and a half we've been talking about this happening in 2020. And I really think we will see a recession in 2020. And if we do, you pick the right business to be in because typically rates drop. And real estate, believe it or not, if you look at the historical data, has done very well during most recessions. Why? Because rates decrease. So what I'm trying to say to you is, is that start thinking ahead. Think towards 2020. And when you do, what you have to think about is there's going to be an opportunity to refinance a boatload of people then. So think about this in the advice you give your customer today. Be less concerned with rate and more concerned with fee. So keep your fees low. In fact, don't take a, don't take a lower rate. You know what you want? Real mm-hmm. smart strategy. Take a higher rate. No Sir, I want to give yeah. you 5.5%. You know why I want to give you 55 Because I can get more premium to buy your rate down today to three and a half, then give you four and a half next year. And then by the time you hit five and a half, we're going to be looking to refinance you anyway. So don't pay it out of your pocket. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build it into the premium of the loan because now I'm going to do the loan at five and a half percent. I'm going to take that premium, buy down your rate for you and put you in a great position. These are the types of strategies that nobody else is doing. Nobody else is thinking about. You know why? Because they're in the mortgage business. They're not in the money business and real estate business. They're selling a mortgage instead of advising how you manage debt. And you will crush these people every day of the week in five minutes on the phone with with your customer if you put the work in in advance. If you wing it, you're going to have a harder time. It's that easy. Yeah. So think about these opportunities. You need to be planning this in advance with your customer. You should have already set up the next application that you're going to be doing. And by the way, utilize debt consolidation. There is such a gold mine in your current database. And everybody said, why should I call them? They got three and a half percent. Who's going to refinance the five? Everybody. Because everybody's got debt and everybody's made appreciation on their home. And if they have MI on their own home, it's almost too easy. Give me your database. You give me your database for an hour. No. If I don't have three transactions, I'll buy you what you would have had for a transaction. I'll get three transactions. Give me your database for one hour. That's all I need. You give me that database for one hour, I'll give you three mortgage applications. I will take, and I'll take every one of them from 3.5% to 5%. Yeah. That, it's that yeah, easy. That's interesting. That, that, dude, that, I mean, that changes like – because most loan officers are scared to do that, right? They, they're they afraid. Yeah, their manager even, or whatever will come up and say, hey, you know, what are you – you calling on these past? No, no, he's no, good. He's, he's good. at four. He's he's, four. I can't have, I'm not picking up the phone. Yeah, it's tough. It, it, it's tough to change your mentality. I mean, Barry, the the mortgage industry for so long has been so transactional. There's so many loan officers that are very, very transactional oriented. I mean, we we're in Michigan, we're in Metro Detroit, where you've got Quicken, you've got Flagstar, you've got United Wholesale. There's a lot of mortgage professionals here, and a lot of it has been transactional over the years. So it's difficult. And, and I guess for you, for, I, I would tell you. If you're a loan officer today, I think I agree with you 100%. You need to change your mentality. You need to advise. You need to make sure that you're giving the information to these clients. But but there's going to be a lot of people that don't make that cut, I feel like. Yeah. You're right. They're not going to make that cut, but they have full control in having the ability to right. decide to make that cut. Yeah. Okay. So the, well, the wonderful thing about it is, is that you have full control over it. So all you have to do is do these simple things. Right. You know, as one of my, as an important mentor to me, Jim Rohn, he was also mentor to Tony Robbins, who's a buddy of mine. Uh, Jim Rohn said to me, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Right. What I'm telling you is this is easy to do and you know the difference. So if you were to just simply do what we're telling you here, you will reap enormous rewards. Look, here's the thing you have to think of. A normal family has seen huge levels of appreciation. So you can do their refinance today from three and a half to five. And now, now that may not make sense. You might think because that's going to go up their payment, $250 a month. True. But you know what? They have a Toyota car loan for 30,000 bucks. And that thing is 550 a month. And they've got a visa. They've got a MasterCard. Look, when you do somebody's mortgage, you're worried about the front ratio or the back. Everybody's worried about the back. Why? Because people love debt. They charge. When you buy a house, you know what each of us owns? We all own our own money pit. It is endless. Endless spending, okay? (laughs) It is, by the way, and it's never enough. And just by the time you get your home close to being done, something else needs to be done. So we all know the story. And everybody spends. And everybody puts stuff on credit cards. So the normal family is going to have a boatload of credit cards. They're going to have a whole host of debt. And now they have a ton of equity in their home. So here's what you do. You convert the equity in their home and you reduce their monthly payment and you'll save them four, five, six hundred bucks a month and be able to take out twenty or thirty thousand dollars cash and put it in their pocket. I could show you examples. We do them every single day. 
And then somebody's going to ask this question, and it's a great question to ask. And you're going to say, well, Barry, hold on a second. We're taking shorter-term debt and we're putting it into longer-term debt. Yes, is that, a, is that a, not a good thing? Here's, you're 100% right for asking, and I love the fact that you want the customer's best interest. So that's a great thing, and it's great thinking. But let's take it one quick step further here and say, look, you gave that customer twenty-five or $30,000 cash. You're saving them 500 a month. And this is a typical scenario we see, okay? Mm-hmm. If they took that $500 a month and instead of putting it in their pocket, what would happen if they took that $500 a month and paid down their mortgage? In other words, make the exact same payment they're making today. Don't change anything they except for the, the fact faster. that they'll have an extra twenty, and, and they'll have an extra $25,000. Yeah. So you put twenty five in their pocket. Here's $25,000. You got that in your hand. You make the same payment you're making today, but because we restructured your debt because I'm a debt manager, I'm an advisor, I'm going to take that $550. I'm going to pay down your new mortgage, and the result is this. Number one, you save $100,000 in interest over the loan, 100000 interest savings. Number two, you're going to pay that loan off 11 years sooner. Number three, at the end of the 19-year term, when this mortgage is paid off, you'll have $240,000 in additional net worth that will help you with your retirement. Or you just have a newborn child or twins. You're worried how you're going to pay for their college? Here's your answer. I paid for your kid's college, helped you with your retirement, reduced your interest expense, and put $25,000 cash in your pocket, all by taking you from 3.5% to 5%. Who does not want to do that deal? You tell me. And, and let's be honest. Credit card debt is not really short-term debt for most people. It's, it's long-term debt. They never pay it off. You're, you're 100% <laughs> correct. And people could say, well, they'll go back and they'll recharge it. That's possible. They might. But this strategy works. Okay? This strategy works. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the biggest uh, hurdle – for a loan officer, there's there's two things. One, uh, consumers like to wear that real that, that interest rate on their moniker and like walk around with that three point five or whatever it may be, and they like to showcase that. Another hurdle is getting a consumer to acknowledge their debt issue. And some consumers are like, "I'm good. I can, I'm, I'll pay it off. I'll do like." No, dude. The chances are you're going to have the same debt load two years from now that you do now. You just you're kind of lying to yourself. They look at you know they look at loan amounts, right? Yeah. Like, well, I only owe eight on that. Why would I refinance a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? But the reality is, and, the and, cash and guys, you, you're both bringing up great points. So, so you're both bringing up great points. But here's the thing: one of the first lessons I learned in sales was don't make the decision for the customer. Allow them to evaluate right. it. Right. What you want to do is give them the bottom line, Mister, Missus, Customer. Make the same payment that you're making now. Make the same payment you're making now. I'm going to pay your mortgage off 11 years sooner. You'll get an extra $240,000 that you don't have. $25,000 cash today. Who cares if it's 74% interest rate? Who cares if it's 5%, 75%? Does it really matter or is the end result what you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100%, you're 100% right. The, the, that's the thing. It just it's our own. The best guys. The, listen to me. Yeah. The best rate, the best rate on the wrong strategy, is far more expensive than a competitive rate on the right plan for your future. That's powerful, right there. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, let me ask you this question. This is comes from a, a buddy of mine, Stace Gressel. I think it was a good question. He, he wanted me to ask you because he's a big fan of yours. Um, he wants to know that that during the recession that we, we believe that is probably coming uh, soon, is it possible that we could still see rising interest rates in a downward stock market and, in, in, and an economic slowdown? Is that possible in your, your opinion or is that just not going to happen? So listen, first of all, it's a very smart question to ask because you have to acknowledge the fact that He's right. Anything is possible. But what you look at is you look at what are the normal circumstances that occur. So what causes the recession is the, the, what caused the recession is you see the unemployment rate bottoming out. Now, we're at 3.7% right now. You should know that we have never been near 3% in, unless it's been wartime. In peacetime, we've never had it. Wartime, you could see the guys are all at war and you need a short, you have a shortage of work because you could see that. But we've never seen something as, as low as we are about to enter. I think it goes lower. Every single recession with a 100% correlation occurs when you have the unemployment rate turning higher. So what is the main governance of interest rates? So there are two factors. One is credit quality, and you know this. The worse the credit quality, the higher you need to be compensated for the added risk. But assuming that credit quality stays relatively stable, which it probably will, 
The other factor, the big one, is inflation. And if the employment gets worse, people have less ability to spend. Prices don't go up because you don't have pricing pressure. Prices tend to remain stable or drop. The lower inflation means that interest rates tend to drop. And that's why recessionary environments almost, well, really, almost always have a component of lower interest rates. Now, you did have circumstances that can occur. You go back to the 70s. And when oil prices were out of control high in the 70s, that gave you a component that caused inflation even during a recession. Right. That was the anomaly. So the, your, your friend who's asking the question is asking a really smart question here. Okay, So can it happen? It can happen. The chances of it happening are not very likely, but I don't think that we should by any way, shape, or form put it in absolute terms without qualifying and saying, look, it could happen, although it's a slim chance. Got so it. without without getting into the, the sides of the politics, what what um, do you see happening if um, Donald Trump gets impeached or um, so some major political shift happens uh, with our economy? Yeah, Where do you that, see that? That always, that always hurts the stock. That always hurts the stock market and, and helps the bond market. Although I don't see that happening. Now, what I do see happening is you know Maxine Waters has she's already said it so that's why I'm saying it's happening this is the end of of looser regulation is over you know she Maxine Waters is Maxine Waters okay and you don't need me to to, to color it you could do, draw your own conclusions watch a few video clips of Maxine Waters and you could see what she's all about okay she she would love nothing more to have unbelievably tight and strict she doesn't think we're anywhere near as regulated as we need to be she as her own thoughts. So well, she doesn't work the fact so, of, of, of it getting looser, she said that's not going to happen. So that's something you need to prepare for. That's one. The other things that um, I, I think are, are going to happen is you'll probably have a little more gridlock um, as we move forward. I don't think you'll get as much stimulus. Now, what does that mean to me? The stimulus, which will end in 2019, is responsible for about a million jobs. So that tells me when that's over in 2019, you will see 2020 really being a target for an ideal time for a recession. So that's one another factor that I see for recessionary purposes. Other than that, really, it depends on 2020, who gets elected. And your guess is as good as mine. I really don't know um, what will happen. And, and that's way too far off, uh, you know. Whether you like Donald Trump, you don't like Donald Trump, he has done certainly some things that are good. Some of his style is unconventional, but he has gotten some results too. You know, so um, it, it's hard to say. It, yeah. It's very hard to say mm -hmm. what might happen, whether he has enough to get reelected. I think some people just will, no matter if he does anything good, will will not want to vote for him. You know, so we'll see. So in in the in the last few years, we've seen the resurgence of the mortgage broker, which is a model where you've got an entity that can potentially go to different investors to get the best deal for the client, which is kind of at odds with retail, which is a lot of consumer direct. The mortgage brokers are more localized to the community. Um, that segment of the of of the loan officer population is growing quite a bit over the last few years. You've been a big supporter. You're at AIM. Um, Talk to me about your thoughts on that. Are we going to continue to see the broker's model kind of grow? And do you see it as more viable than, than the consumer direct or are there advantages or disadvantages on either side? You know, it's hard to say. See, look, the, the, the broker model's really recovered. It's, it's, it's now become like 16% yeah. of the marketplace, which is a pretty big market share considering where it had been. Now, it's not as great as it was back in the day, but still really a, a good move. You got to take your hat off to guys like Anthony Casa at AIM and even, you know, in bed quite over at NAM. These, you know, these guys do a good, good job. And, and it's, it's not an easy job what they do to, to lead these organizations and to help brokers out. But Anthony Casa has been really, really innovative and his team have been really good and innovative in, in helping the broker community out. So I think that they're going to continue to grow. I do. I think they're going to continue to grow. That's not to say necessarily, I don't want to say that you know, in general, one's better or one's worse because right. there are going to be some great retail loan originators and maybe some that you know could be better. Okay, and you're going to find the same thing in the broker community. Sure. I don't think the I don't think the badge makes you better or worse, mm -hmm. um, but I do think that the broker community probably continues to gain. Um, but predominantly, I see that happening because the the leadership has become so good in that 
area. Yeah. Yeah. Like people see. like Anthony Cassidy. You know, I think that that's, that's probably one of the reasons why you're seeing that. Yeah, for sure. And I would agree with that. So we're going to go to three questions for you, Barry. These are, there's a little bit more lighthearted. Again, I appreciate all the knowledge that you've, you've been giving us. It's really good stuff. And by the way, everybody that's listening, if you haven't looked at MBS Highway, you got to check it out. There's a lot of good information. Every day Barry's on, Barry's on there giving information. And it's not just that. There's tools. There's a, a multitude of things on there. Um, so a lot yeah, we of- really help you. Things like the debt consolidation or understanding yeah. your market or making evaluation. All, all you have to do is just spend a little bit of time in it, and I think you'll see it's uh, – you'll be rewarded. It's super kick-ass, as I would put it. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so these are three three funny questions I thought I'd ask. So, so when Barry Habib wakes up in the morning, what's the first uh, thing that you look at to get your information, other than MBS Highway? Other than my, my dog or cat waking me up to feed him? Yeah, I mean, so, when, you, when you flip uh, out, when you open, turn on your phone, where do you look at, like, okay, do, I, do you go to the 10-year? So, so the first so, – so, uh, so it's a funny thing. So I go, Alexa, turn on morning, okay? So Alexa turns on morning and there's all types of things that happen in the house where, um, you know, where TV's all over where I'm going to be will be turned on. So CNBC's on. So that's, that's, you know, that's kind of the first thing. You know, I, I'm a guy that likes to have a little coffee in the morning and then start thinking. But, um, the first thing I'll look is I'll see where, where, where are futures? Yeah. You know, where are futures? Where's the 10 year? Cause that'll pop up on there. And, and I'm, you know, now I can kind of formulate, you know, where the market is now, I want to understand why it is. Okay, so that's going to happen over time. I do a lot of reading in the morning, a lot. So I probably will spend about an hour, an hour and a half of just reading. And I can, fortunately, um, I get things that people, normal people, aren't really easy able to have because I have communication with people like Peter Bookvar and Art Cashin and John Walden and Dennis Gartman that they they send me stuff, or I will subscribe to some, or otherwise they'll just send me stuff. That allows me to just kind of get what some of the smartest people in the world are thinking so that you know, I have my own thoughts on things and sometimes I share with them and I help them and they ask me for advice. And you've seen that a lot where Peter or, or Art Cashin will, you know, will, will quote me a lot where they get the, I give them a lot of the, the information that they, they utilize. So we help each other. It's kind of just a little brotherhood that we have. We have dinners every couple of months together and we really hash out some ideas. So that's kind of how I start my day. Um, and then I've got to start thinking about doing that update together for MBS Highway. So I'm talking to Dan and, uh, you know, Dan and I are, are, are working on this with Avi. We're, we're kind of putting together what does our update look like? How do we take all this information? And then, you know, what's our decision for the day? Are we starting today floating? Are we starting locking? We're looking at the charts. We're looking at the technical patterns. And, and this is kind of how we start the day. And, and, uh, uh, and that's, that's a good question, by the way. You know, you kind of take a step back and think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just do it. You know, routine's really, really important for all of us. And by the way, Dan's your son, right? Dan's my son. Yeah. Yes. He does a great job, too. Um, Thank you. He's really, he's really terrific. Yeah. He does a really good job. Uh, next question What scares Barry Habib? Oh, well, you know, there's a lot of things that we're all <laughs> afraid of, right? You know, things that are much more important than. Than where we are in the mortgage business, but uh, you know, I, I I don't want I don't want to disappoint people. You know, I I, I don't want uh, I don't want people to be disappointed, and and we have a lot of responsibility. You know, so we we take that responsibility seriously. We, awesome. we we feel responsible to help mortgage professionals adapt to the changing market and to see those changes maybe before it's obvious, so that we can create tools that'll help them have an edge. That's so we awesome. take that responsibility really seriously. And you know, we've been, you could see all the tools we've added. I mean, it, we, that's the great thing about us. You know, somebody buys a product, there's other products that you buy the product. Great. You got that product with us. You know what you're really buying? You're buying what you can't see yet. You're buying the future. You're buying a great product today. That'll, you know, as you said, is, you know, super kick ass, which I appreciate, <laughs> but, but it's not as good as it's going to be. Right. Okay. That's the thing you have to remember with us is that we're, and anybody who's been a subscriber and, you know, we have a 93.45% renewal rate on individuals and 96.71 on corporations. So, you know, people, once they're on it, they tend to stay with it. And I think what everybody says to us is that we, they can't believe how we continuously evolve and get better. All we're trying to do is take that responsibility really seriously. Um, we also have responsibility with interest rates. Look, there's other services out there, and I read them. They say, oh, well, lock this or float this or this. Uh, and they wishy-washy back and forth, and they never admit when they're wrong. We know we're going to be wrong. And when we are, it's the first thing you hear out of my mouth. Hey, got that one wrong. Okay, You know that. They take responsibility immediately. For sure. But it's also a big burden on your shoulders. Because, listen, 
I've been doing this for a long time. I've learned from some of the best minds. I feel that I'm, I, I, have a, I have a good ability when it comes to understanding the markets and interest rates. For example, a couple of Thursdays ago, the market was at a level where really, you know, you could have had some repricing. But I said, you know what? I, I, I think that we need to hold off here. It's just pattern recognition, understanding these things. Everybody else who, you know, all the co- I brought this to the industry, but all the other copycats out there are telling everybody to lock. Well, that was the worst time to lock. Prices have obviously, as you all know, improved so much. And we've got our subscribers that are all really happy campers because they've been able to benefit from that. Meanwhile, any other service that they might have thought, some of them are more expensive, who the heck knows, but some of them are cheaper. They might have thought they were going to save a couple of bucks. They cost themselves a lot. Yeah. So, look, because you know how to put a basketball in a net, it doesn't make you LeBron James, okay? And, and other people that you know, think now. that they can get – it's, it's different. It's, it's really different. And that should really be the way you look at your business. If you have this, this knowledge base and you have the ability to understand the real estate market, it's the same thing you should be telling your customer. Hey, somebody else might be out there saying they'll do this. But this is not a commodity, okay? Because somebody could put a basketball on the net. They're not LeBron James. You can go someplace else. You could think you're saving money. But in the long run, it's going to wind up being much more expensive because the advice that they're going to get from you is going to make a huge difference in their life. A hundred percent. And last question, because I know you've got you've got another appointment to get to. In one word, tell us why you've been able to be so successful through the years. I don't know if I can come up with one word, but <laughs> one word. You know, you, you, it's you, a challenge. Listen, you, you better be. You, you probably should be resilient. Resilient. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, because you, 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 to think it's going to be a cakewalk is uh, is a mistake. I mean, you got to know up front that it's going to be a bitch. You got to know up front it's going to be tough. You want anything, you got to fight for it. Yeah. And um, that means you're going to come across obstacles. And and the same thing that we started off with in our talk, where it's not the obstacles. How do you deal with that? How do you show your character to your customer? And resiliency is how you show your character to yourself. That's awesome, Barry. Uh, Barry, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your life to spend spend you know forty five minutes with us and our audience. It means a lot to us. If someone wants to get signed up for MBS Highway today, where where should they go? How do they do it? So here's the thing: if you want to get signed up to MBS Highway today, we're going to do something. We, I know we haven't talked about this, okay. um, but if if they do, um, why don't you send me a personal email, and I will make sure that you receive a discount that you cannot get on the website. Okay. We don't have a way to do it where you'd want to sign up and go to the website for it. So if you, if you send me an email, Barry at MBS highway, I will take care of getting you set up at a, an enormous discount off of what the pricing would be. You go to our website, you could say it's 159 bucks a month or 1500 bucks a year. We'll give you an opportunity. If you, if you um, mentioned that you, know, you were listening on the show, We'll do something. Just send me an email. I'll take care of it. Wow, Barry. That is awesome. I did not know you were going to do that. Black Friday early. Dude, (laughs) Barry, you have to be one of the coolest dudes that we've ever talked to, man. We really, really appreciate (laughs) your time. Like Your your knowledge is really great. I mean, for anybody listening, this dude knows his stuff. We really appreciate it, Barry. I I, I really can't thank you enough, man. Have a great holiday, dude. Thank you. Guys, thank you. You guys are doing such a great job and the, the things that you're doing to help people in the industry and the heart that you have and I enjoyed our discussion yesterday where we were kind of, you know, getting ready for the call. You, you, you really, uh, your heart is, is, is a huge heart. You guys are, are doing great, great, great things. So uh, uh, I appreciate you. I think the whole industry appreciates you. And I wish everyone and wish both of you guys just a, a really blessed and wonderful Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. I mean, I start every day with gratitude. I mean, it's just, I think it's so important. I think we all should do that. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot to be grateful for. Listen, you know, it could always be better, but man, it could always be a heck of a lot worse. It's not so, that uh, bad. Yeah. Really, really, it's not that really, bad, really man. Fortunate. You're the man, Barry. Thank, thank you well. so much. Yeah. Thank you thank so you. much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Barry. Bye. Man, that guy is awesome. He's a super yeah. genius. Dude, he knows his shit. Yeah. Like that's what, like, we didn't talk a lot through that whole whole episode, but like we didn't didn't need, need to. to. <laughs> I didn't, he was just dropping such good stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what the his his what his company MBS Highway. That's a daily. I mean, he said his morning routine. He does that daily. Yeah. So you you'll get a video or an article. I mean, the content he puts out is is unreal, and he breaks it down in a way that 
makes sense. So it really is. It's it's a great product. Yeah. He has. Well, and I think the points to you know survival in this business, right? I mean, you could have walked down the street and tripped on a loan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now that you know things are changing, you you really do need to position yourself as the expert as far as. Hey, this isn't about a mortgage. This is a plan. Yeah. Right. You're essentially a financial planner with debt. Yeah. Because everyone's going to have debt. That was awesome, man. Like for anybody in the industry, heed his words. I mean, he literally was like, bro, I'm giving you the blueprint. (laughs) You just got it. Yeah. Here's the code. You just got to do this. Well, and you know, the I was going to say, but again, didn't want to interrupt, but what he was saying. But, uh, you know, it's funny because. We sit here and and essentially, you know, talk on the phone for three, four hours a day, right? And what you say on that phone is what matters. Yeah. You know, you're going to be on the phone anyways. You're going to be at work anyway. I mean, it's like anything you do, right? If you're at work for eight hours a day, are you going to make those eight hours productive? And you sit there and pick your ass. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So. Uh, guys, uh, I mean, it's been a long show and it was really, really informative. Our apologies. We don't like to have it that long, but this was just too good. It was really good. We had some technical difficulties and the, which we just do all the time. So we appreciate everybody fighting through that. Hey, uh, before we go, obviously again, go to, uh, you could go to podcast Detroit to listen to our show. You can go to IREpodcast.com. You can go to Stitcher. You can go to iTunes. Uh, Jessica, you can call Jessica. She'll, 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 t- no, she'll not, not, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, one more thing. I just want to reiterate. Um, go to your email and email Barry at mbshighway.com to get that discount and sign up. Yeah, that, he just dropped that. Yeah, it's yeah. Out yeah. of nowhere. I By mean, the way, it's an amazing it, service. It's an amazing service. I'm not and just saying it, that. His price is fair normally, so if he's going to give you guys a discount, take advantage of it because just looking at that content on a daily basis, you will get better at, yeah. at, at what you do. One last thing, guys. It is uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you guys how thankful I am to have the opportunity to, to be with these two idiots right here, Sal and Brad, <laughs> Jessica. We have such a great time doing this. Our, our fan base is amazing. We really appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the love. Uh, we're going to continue to do this, and I, I truly am looking forward to another few months with you guys. Yeah, me too. Just a few months, though. I don't know if I can do this forever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful holiday. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 